What's up, nerds? Welcome back to the Games on Dude, a Big Ten basketball podcast that's fondly remembering the days when we thought Penn State was cool and fun. I am Tommy Crimes. I am Babar. And I'm Chris. So I really wanted to discuss uh, Penn State losing to Ken Palm number 330 Bucknell by nine at home. But as I was putting the rundown together, I just I don't think it's worth a whole segment. So instead, I want to ask you guys a related question. What's a time you had something cool going, screwed it up for no discernible reason whatsoever, and then lost to a team outside the top 300 in the nation? I think I think every guy has a girl they just immediately thought of, like (laughs) like like the visage of a girl just immediately popped in their head. It's like, oh, yep, that was me. I I Penn State basketball that one for sure. You can like verbatim recite like the unresponded to DM you sent on some like defunct social media site from. 13 years ago or something. Yeah, you are you are recalling the live journal entry that you wrote about her yeah. like yeah. Every everybody's got a uh instant messenger away message that they can harken back to. There's like some my chemical romance playing in the background. Yeah, I was actually legitimately about to reference the say anything song Every Man Has a Molly. I think that's the name of it. It Good is. Song. Also a little fucked up, but it's mm-hmm. catchy. <laughs> Where well, are you? That, <laughs> so, Let's go. So it's actually it's it's very uh that particular song crimes, uh I, I have to tell the story very carefully or otherwise like it, it gets misconstrued. The re like my my daughter's name is Molly. She is not named for that song. Let me be clear. She is not named for that song. Just like real quick. She is not named for that song. However, that name stuck in my head because of that song. It's a good name. It is a good name. It's a strong name. It is a strong name. So. I do feel an underutilized name. So oh, thank just you quick, for... Just quick, because I don't think I mentioned this the first time around. She is not named for that song. Just... It's very I, similar to, to how... I feel like it's very similar to how I am named Thomas. Uh, I'm actually named after Tom Seaver, a Hall of Fame pitcher for the New York Mets. Um, But my parents decided to go with Thomas rather than Tom because they were big Magnum PI fans uh, at the time that I was born. And they liked Thomas Magnum rather than like Tom or Tommy. So what if what band would write the song? Every man has a Thomas. Uh, mountain goats. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you what, there was a moment there where I was like, I have put forth a prompt that is too esoteric to get like a funny response out of, and then just immediately, that's my specialty, brother. You, you drilled it, man. Like, that was just <laughs> like, I think you just hear the net snap when that one went through. Like, that was what way to go. Really this good. This arm's answer. just this arm's for. This arm's for buckets only, buddy. <laughs> Primetime performance in a very tough spot. That was yeah. that was good good stuff. Um so yeah, um we know what y'all are here for. So what do you guys say we get to the slop? Let's Ooh. do it. So first off, we have the theater of dreams, baby. <laughs> 
Congratulations to Purdue, this week's official second best team in the Big Ten, <laughs> as nominated by <laughs> um, as nominated by loyal friend of the show Joe. Um, he sent me that in a text message the other day, and I was like, I-, I have to use that for the podcast. This is too good, man. Um, the league's toughest environment, citation pending, claimed Purdue once again, this time in a 92-88 overtime loss to Northwestern, because at this point, Purdue is kind of doing an edge of tomorrow thing in Evanston. Um, so, from this game, have we actually learned anything new about either of these teams? When Matt Painter goes to sleep, does he have nightmares about Boo Booey? Also... You're welcome for telling you to watch this game last week. I don't know if we learned, I don't think we learned anything new unless you just want to count the fact that we're confirming that every problem Purdue had at the end of last season persists into this year. So, I mean, there, there, there it was all laid bare in the theater of dreams. Uh, I mean, it was literally the exact same game script, like the, the exact same game there, there, (laughs) I will say Northwestern kind of rubbed Purdue's noses in it a little bit. I don't remember the last time that I saw a team just straight hunt a dude for sport on defense like they were doing with Fletcher Lawyer. It was literally – the only call was Boo Boo is going to be dribbling the ball at the top of the key. If you're being guarded by Fletcher Lawyer, go set a screen. (laughs) (laughs) And then get the hell out of the way. And it was possession after possession after possession as Purdue increasingly forgot that they had like the easiest bucket down low. All they had to do was just throw the ball in there and they couldn't do it. Or they, and then they just kind of for long stretches as again, they did last year, especially in tight games, just seemed to forget that, you know, the seven foot four national player of the year uh, for all we say about him, Zach Eady could have gotten that game over the line if they would have just thrown yeah. him the ball. But as we have also said about him, Zach Eady can't do jack shit if you don't get him the ball. Whereas some other dynamic bigs that we have praised on this podcast in the past can find a way around that situation. What's Zach Eady going to do? Dribble out of a double team and then go back in? No, come on. So either, anyway, we don't need to spend a ton of time on this because again, it, it the goal remains the same for Purdue. We knew yeah. they were going to go undefeated. We know that they've got these exact same flaws that they have no answer for. So the question is, do they avoid talented guard play for six games in a row <laughs> in the NCAA tournament? And if you think that's possible, bet accordingly. Yeah, if if you're of, of the mindset that a team is going to just run through March without running into one competent guard um, – I've got this great timeshare. I'd love to sell you. And <laughs> it would be the draw of a lifetime. Um, I, ju- I would just like to quickly note, Chris, before you proceed, that I flipped over to my tab where I have the like play-by-play on the currently occurring Purdue-Iowa game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're currently up by 22 in the second half, so Purdue is, so whatever. Um, but the first thing I saw was uh, the play like popped up, and it was... Ethan Morton missed three-point jumper. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, proceed. I just I had to. It's a perfect segue. I I saw a a tweet um, just a little bit ago from Dylan Burkhardt, who covers Michigan, that like tonight's game and Friday night's game are kind of like 
the polar opposites and exact like why Purdue is the exact same team as they were last year. Like tonight, mm-hmm. the guards aren't being pressured. They're able to get comfortable, hit their shots, yep. feed ED however they want. Yeah. Friday night, like you know, Braden Smith was being pressured pretty hard, still finished with um you know, nine assists, some rebounds, some points, but he also had six yeah. turnovers. It never really looked completely completely it- comfortable. Those six turnovers were loud and yeah. late. Like though he was as that game got down to it, he became less reliable. And it's just again, we've seen it. We've it's it's the light it's the Trump lights tweet. Yeah. Like it just it happens every time. This Purdue and team's like, got this Purdue team's got a little Tom Crean in them. Like a little bit. Little when things are going good, things are going good, and then when something goes bad, we'll, we'll front runner you. There's just no, there's not like there's no actual belief. Like they, and I don't even necessarily think this is true, but they seem to think that they are doomed. And when games get close late, they are conducting themselves as a team that believes they are doomed. Yeah, yeah. I, I do sort of feel like they get the, you know, the soccer chant, the, it's happened again, it's happened <laughs> again. Like, I feel like they get that in their head whenever it does look stuff that starts way. going south. And, like, obviously, they're, they just beat three ranked teams in a week. Like, we talked about that. So there are the highs and the lows, but sure, when stuff, when the wheels start coming off, like, they they really struggle to respond. I know we keep going back to the everybody has a plan until they get punched in a mouth thing, but there's a reason. Well, and I think that like this kind of comes back to the way that Matt Painter constructs his rosters. I mean, he recruits to a system. He has a very specific type of guy that he wants. And when that system breaks down, you know, you can't really default to, Hey, I'm just going to roll the balls out and let the talent try to win out. Um, Once they get disrupted, it's kind of, you know, what's, what's the off speed pitch? Like, what do we turn to? Like, and, and we saw it Friday night. We saw it a couple of times last year. It's, it's a Roldis Chapman. Yeah. The fastball's one Oh three with movement, but if you can square it up, then he starts yeah. making faces and, you know, um, not to draw a perfect parallel, but we do have, you know, Mason Gillis and, you know, there's a little parallel between I think driving drunk and other uh, problematic legal issues that an athlete might run into. It's also worth pointing out that once Lance Jones fouled out of that game, Purdue had no answer defensively. I mean, they didn't have much of one all night, but then they, they really didn't have a prayer once he was gone. Um, And it's, it's crazy that a bad player could be so important to your team. But uh, do you, do you like, want to talk about his the sound of his misses? They're so loud. <laughs> it's like throw. It's like uh, it's like taking a ream of paper and throwing it down like a metal <laughs> staircase. It's just the it's the loudest. The ASMR stairs TikTok account only it's with a sheaf of paper. But he's really, I mean, and in that way, he's really coming into his own as a as a Purdue guard. You know, they all 
they're all loud and incorrect, but they but they're all a little bit different. You know, Ethan Morton's big loud misses don't sound the same as Lance Jones's big loud misses, <laughs> but they are all big and loud. So, uh, what about Northwestern? Do we have anything here other than simply becoming boo? Like, I think uh, I, I I could buy them as like the sixth best, like a sixth place team in the Big Ten, which I also think means they don't go to the tournament. <laughs> but I just obviously Boo Booey's best guard in the conference. I think that's pretty easy to say just from an experience. Uh, mostly from experience, but it's not like the guy's completely devoid of talent as he sometimes I think gets described. Like sometimes people talk about Boo Booey like, as if he's like not good at anything, but he just plays real hard. <laughs> and it's he's, yeah, he's got some, you know, he's, he's got, got a, he's got a bag. Still. Yeah. And he's also like 30 years old. So it's, it's yeah, all yeah. very easy for him. And I, but I just, everything else around him, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about, Ty Berry. I don't know about. Uh, is that did I get his name right? Is that who the other guy? Yeah, that is Brooks Barnheiser. Yeah, what about but, a little. Uh, who was the the giant oaf that hit the three? Like was it like Luke oh, Hunger or something yeah, like that? Luke Hunger? What a name! Not a real person. Like the the northwestern northwestern suddenly very oafy. I was watching that game and there was because it was a it was a veritable parade as they were just because they. Their statement of intent was very clear. We're going oh, to yeah. we're going to rough up Zach Eady every chance we get, and we're also going to complain about every foul that gets called on us because that's going to let us get away with more late. I mean, it was it, a, it worked. It was he, a perfect Eady still game shot plan. 20, twenty free throws, but he probably could have shot thirty five. And I just credit Northwestern every time some oaf went out, another one came in. It was just, <laughs> yeah. I just they. It was almost like a Wisconsin esque parade of oafs, and I, I just didn't realize Northwestern yeah. had the had the horses for that. But credit to them. Did they did they um, run out Logan Duncombe as the Zach Eady stopper? There's a guy. There's a guy. Yeah. R.I.P. Right. He's not in college that basketball was, anymore. That was him, right? He was the one that there was the the like, no, it was, uh, before. It was Michael Durr. Really? No, I could have no, sworn Matt, it was I know, no, I know what Thomas is referring to. There was a bit on an Indiana. Yeah, it was the thing board. where like he didn't play like he didn't oh, play yeah, for yeah, like yeah. a yeah, couple games right. before the Purdue matchup at Assembly Hall, and I think somebody on Peegs claimed that it was because they like had him in the lab like working <laughs> yeah. on moves to use on Zach Eady. He was going to be un- he was going to be unleashed against Zach Eady. Which is one of that's that's just like chef's kiss Peegs stuff. Yeah. But I do love the idea of like Chris Collins just getting his bigs together and being like, are you guys big enough? No. Are you skilled enough? Also no. But you know what you all have in common? You have five fouls. fouls. (laughs) (laughs) And you better make every single one of them count. And as soon as you hear that whistle, you better lose your mind. (laughs) Like it was, it was, I mean, it was shithouse basketball executed perfectly. Like it was, a lot of times it's the Big Ten, you're going to see a ton of shithouse basketball. Usually it's just executed so crudely. I was going to say, a lot of it's unintentional. Yeah, but 
Northwestern went out there with an intent. I mean, they were painting a portrait out yeah. there, largely with Zach Eady's blood. And right. that, that was cool. Like, it was a cool thing to do. What, I did it wasn't enjoy Eady, was it, the... First was, like, gushing blood at one point out of, like, his eye socket or something. Someone was bleeding. I did not see that. Someone was bleeding big time in that game, yeah. Hey, man, fouls don't call it. Good God, that sentence died on arrival. Uh, fouls <laughs> don't count in the theater of dreams is what I That's was trying true. to uh, get out. Yeah. I Northwestern's going to be fascinating. I think it's going to be, you know, how far can Boo Booey take us? It's really what it comes down to. You can do a lot of damage Which, in the Big Ten with one talented guard. One talented guard. Yeah, I, was yeah. Gonna say, I I'm kind of looking forward to seeing that because it's just such an interesting case study in Big Ten basketball. To like how how we have the best guard in the league, not a lot else. What's that going to get us? It's a good case study for sure. At, a home at game in the one, NIT. I was going to say at least one marquee win. So it's uh, it's more than uh, our next uh, targets are likely to have. Real, because is there a return uh, game? Yeah, go ahead. Is there is there a return game for Northwestern to Purdue this year? Let's there is uh, January thirty first. That's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be a fun evening. Let me, however, dream for just a moment. <laughs> yeah, look, go in there as, look, on the one hand, they're going to get their ass kicked. On the other, as I said last week, what if weird stuff happens? I think that would it be an happen. instance where I think if you're a self-respecting Purdue fan, you have to rush the court uh, if you lose. <laughs> um, because you... you you're not going to stop them any other way. So you, you do just have to go try to fight Boo Booey. I think that's probably your charge uh, as a fan, as a uh, as a human being, you know, representing Purdue University. You can't let him. If he comes into your house and does that to you, you can't you can't abide by that. You have to you have to do something. It's time to go '90s Balkan soccer riot <laughs> mode. Anyway, anyway, anything else happen in the conference? Yeah, um, Maryland happened a little bit. Um, Did they, though? My first (laughs) bullet here is just LOL, LMAO even. Um, So they lost to Indiana at the Assembly Hall on Friday, 65-53. to But if you didn't watch the game, that scoreline is deeply flattering to Maryland. Um, a solemn shout out to Jordan Geronimo and Angel Reese's brother for combining for 14 points, which is the nicest way I can think of to say that Jordan Geronimo did not score a point. Oh, that Ooh. is nasty. Oh. Um, I love the kid, but man, he was, he was having a rough go of it. I, I felt bad for him. That's, I think, I think the second time in my life that I felt bad for a player in assembly hall, like Kevin yeah, Willard, you have first. You have a duty to, like, as a man, take, like, step up and, like, get this kid out of there for his yeah, own mental well being. You need to step up and do the right thing. The, the yeah, but Genuinely, by the way, that was, like, me trying to be nice there. I felt like we yeah. had to hit that, but. Yeah. No, I mean, it was a, a storyline <laughs> going in. I think, though, um, 
once again, I think it's important to point out that this podcast was right about Maryland um, very early on. I don't think this roster works, and it, it, it doesn't. Like, no. Holy shit, it doesn't. Like, it's – there are so many guys on the court during that game that are like, what are you doing? What's – like, in a perfect world, you're doing what? What's your goal? And, and there's no – like, first of all, Donta Scott – it is it is time to go get a job. Um college basketball is over for you. Uh I wish I, I hate to say that. Uh but it's it's done. You are you are so old and it's time to it's time to move on. Um I can't wait to see him get like a tryout for like the New York Giants as a tight end in like three years. <laughs> Uh, can we also can we briefly touch on Angel Reese's brother uh, receiving the ball uh, in kind of around like 12, 14 foot baseline, clearly turning to the Indiana bench to say something to them and then airballing his jump <laughs> shot? <laughs> I loved I loved uh, Zach Osterman's tweet about that because he basically just described everything you just said and then had the uh daniel craig ladies and gentlemen the weekend video (laughs) like and i'll give it's it's like giving it's giving philip seymour hoffman and along came polly (laughs) i'll give angel reese's brother a little bit of credit because he was him and jameer young really the only two guys that i thought showed any fight whatsoever in that game um uh, Angel Reese's brother, unfortunately, uh, just not good. Um, and, and and Jameer Young, uh, good, but also like can't not not a guy that's not like Boo Booey's level where he's going to be able to drag right. everyone around him up. In fact, Jameer Young kind of strikes me as a guy that's going to look around and see everyone else not giving a shit. He's like, oh, cool. Well, I'm just going to get buckets then. <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna get some good tape on there and try to yeah. get a, try to get a G League contract. More, um, more twenty foot uh, jumpers for your boy. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just like uh, that's fine. I can just I'll just kind of chill. Uh, you guys can get your cardio, and I'm getting buckets. And then everybody else that got a minute in that game for Maryland just completely out to lunch. Like not not paying attention. Not. I, they, do you know how hard you know how bad at basketball you have to be to be easy for this version of Indiana to guard? Like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I really think only Maryland got two or three what I would consider wide open three point shots, uh, because their ball's just not moving. There's not no. There's no interest. It's not just the ball that's not moving. The the guys on the floor are not moving. To which then I ask you, Kevin Willard, what's up, dog? Like, what are you doing? What's your looking plan? at real estate in Louisville? <laughs> and also, contractually, need to remind everyone: zero players committed for next season. <laughs> zero players. We just we just finished the early signing period. Zero players committed for next season. I do. I do feel like the ball and player movement thing is very much a symptom of your uh, frequent note that. Their whole team is fives in the bodies of fours who think they're threes. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, they're not going to be able to move the ball around because they don't have the skills for it. Yeah. And of course, they're not going to try because they all think that they're the guy. 
I'm LeBron James, basically. Right. Like, it's it was honestly a little frustrating to watch, even though I was also enjoying the team I root for performing well for the most part. Aside from the period in the game where they decided to just sort of shut their brains and bodies off for about eight minutes, and that was just a, uh, they worked so hard that was like a little treat for them. I, look, I feel like if you get the twenty-five, thirty-point lead or whatever, you, you've earned it. Yeah, you've yeah. Earned, you've you've earned a little uh, period of rest between your light cardio from, from the under twelve to the under four. Just it doesn't matter. Just yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna take a long lunch on back. Friday. We're gonna we're gonna circle back when the game gets real again. Um, yeah. Do we want to do we want to talk about Xavier Johnson Ewing theory? I think you got to consider it. I think so. Here's and I think I've diagnosed the issue. And the good thing is it's super correctable if Xavier Johnson's interested when and if he comes back into the lineup. Because if you take Xavier Johnson out, you no longer have anybody that handles the ball that can beat anybody off the dribble. So the ball can't stick. There's no point. You can't do anything. So when you catch it, you're either going or you're passing it. And Xavier Johnson, because he still possesses, at least it's more theory at this point, since he's, you know, 35 years old and coming off foot surgery, but there's still a bit of blow by to his game. So he's always got that in his back pocket. And I think sometimes he spends too much time surveying his options and the ball is just sticking in his hands. Because he could eventually just decide, oh, I'll just blow by this dude and go get a layup. Which is so I just wonder if he's watching that game against Maryland. I don't think it's any secret why the offense worked. One, you're we're kind of playing five on two most of the time. And two, the the ball didn't I mean the ball kept moving. The guys kept moving because they yeah. had to. There was no other option. Like can't get caught watching the paint dry. Can't get caught watching the paint dry. I mean, you, you look at the rest of the the starting lineup. Everybody but Cups was in was in double digits, mm-hmm. all within like I think the flow of the offense in a way that was like accentuates their skills. Like Galloway was yeah. doing a great job getting out in transition, getting easy buckets there. Um, Malik Renew, like goddamn that dude. If he gets position on the block, it is it's if you're not signing the double, it is it is curtains. Good night. Khalil he, like he does a pretty good job scoring through doubles for a sophomore big. Like, yeah, like I, he, he turns it over. Yes, it, he does turn it over, but that guy is so far along his growth curve. I like I don't know why, but I for some reason fairly frequently forget that he's only a sophomore. Because yeah, he's and huge and he's a beast. Yeah, I, I think that's part of it, but it's like it's honestly less when he's playing well. Like it's not like, oh, he's so good, I forgot that he's still young. It's more mm-hmm. like when I get frustrated with him. He makes I, the because dumbest I feel like you've ever seen be... on a basketball court. <laughs> right. And it's like <laughs> I feel like you should be smarter than this, and then I need to remind myself that he's like nineteen years old and he's not smarter yeah. than that, and none of yeah. them are, and that's okay. Unfortunately, that is the product working as designed. That's uh, that's just yeah. something you got to live with when you got a nineteen-year-old. But right. yeah, I, like there's Indiana can win a lot of games doing what they did against Maryland, and they can do that like, against. Mbaka was dialed in. Like yeah. he's was like the one that would, like set the tone early. Had a couple of um, offensive rebounds and and putbacks. You know, knocked down an open shot. He's still going to have like a couple possessions every game where 
you kind of just got to let the five star be a five star and let him kind of mm-hmm. cook yeah. from 18 feet. Um, my, my turn, my turn. Yeah. Yeah. But like, other, like he's, he's strung together a couple of nice games and like he has Indiana as a whole, like it, it's, they're kind of taking shape. Like I know the, the first couple games were rocky, but I think everybody's kind of starting to settle into their yeah. role and our, their identity. I think they're just getting more comfortable. I think, Tuesday night is going to be a really interesting test against on the road against a Michigan team that is talented. And, and you know, if Boo Boo is not the best guard in the, the conference, Doug McDaniel's probably got a pretty good claim to it. But, you know, that that's a team they can beat on the road. Like, it, they're not so outrageously like, like they're a very good offensive team, but they don't guard anybody. They don't, they're not no. like overwhelmingly talented. Like, I'd say Indiana's probably more. If talented, it's really just if they can keep there McDaniel was ever, in check. If there was ever going to be a game for a team to spam that post to post, yeah, this is it. Like Michigan does not have the horses to hang out down low. So if you just kind of keep a fresh rotation of where Renew and Mbako getting down there and making things happen, um, I think you can. I think Michigan is a team that you can beat into submission. Uh, now, as far as like actual good basketball teams, I don't know about that. Like, I don't, I still don't know how I feel about Indiana playing Kansas. Other than I'm glad the game's at home. Um, Auburn's Auburn going to be, be another another kind of tough yeah. one. Yeah, Although they just lost uh, yesterday to a mid major. I forget which one. I think it was App State. Maybe it was. Yeah, they played at App State. What's What's going That's on there? Weird. <laughs> What's, I, don't, I don't know why you do that. What did this? Who's who's in charge? That what seems like a. That seems that seems like a real misstep. Yeah, did someone like a typo in the paperwork? It's like, oh shit! It says yeah. right here. It says this. Yeah, God damn it! Who wrote this contract? <laughs> Someone, someone's getting fired. But we not have uh, a proofreader on staff. But my last thing, my last thing on Indiana before I'm sure we'll talk about them later when we're previewing games, but. I still don't like. I want to be clear. I, I don't think they're going to be in the hunt for any sort of hardware this year. Um, but I do think the the idea that they are squarely off out of the tournament picture because of some rough buy games early in the year and then getting sandblasted by UConn, uh, pretty premature. Um, certainly, I was I was kind of inching my way towards that that thought process as well. But like to what you said, Chris these guys are figuring what their roles, figuring out their roles, figuring out what works and what doesn't. And I think what you're left with is a product that can win 20 to 23 games uh, against this schedule and against this conference. And uh, yeah. now are they going to do anything in the tournament? Probably not, but Probably not. it's always, Keeps it's, the it's always better to be there momentum. than to be there. Yeah. So you yeah. don't get any credit for not yes. showing up there. So, Look, you just got to keep the streak going. Yep. Because we haven't had one in a while. Anyway, um, that was the Indiana Minute brought to you by Maryland. Um, (laughs) So on to further disappointments. Uh, Let's uh, talk Nebraska for a little bit. Um, As we mentioned last week, they had a big matchup with uh, number 15 Creighton on Sunday in Lincoln. And it... uh, did not go well. They they lost eighty nine to sixty, buried under fourteen three pointers made by the Blue Jays. Um, Nebraska shot thirty four from thirty four percent from the floor overall and nine percent from three point range. 
really hoped for more here, honestly. Yeah, I think we all did. I, we were. I, uh, I I turned it on a little bit in the first half mm-hmm. and saw it was not going well, and so I was looking at the at the box score and I saw that um, they were getting outscored from the three point line, thirty to nothing. And I tweeted from the accounts like, "Hey, we're probably going to want to tighten that up a little bit if we want if we yeah. want to have a shot here." <laughs> uh, they uh, they extremely did not do that. Um, Creighton is. You know, they're, I mean, right now they're ranked fifth on Kempon. They're going to be in the national title mix. I think they're, uh, oh, yeah. You know, they're, I got the goods. They're, they're a class or two above what Nebraska is, but yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to have a little bit more fight, especially on your, your home court. I would like to call out one particular Creighton player. Um, which I don't know who the fuck this guy is because he doesn't play in the Big Ten, so he doesn't matter. But Baylor Shireman yeah. hit six three-pointers, attempted 19. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, that's all he does. He is, uh, he is unfortunately kind of nice with it in a yeah. very like annoying way. That's, yeah, he's... I feel like... 19 I feel like, threes, Holy I feel crap. like six for 19 from three-point range is like Caitlin Clark territory mm-hmm. like, i wouldn't be surprised if she's put up that exact stat line like seven the, times in her career how the, many of those do you the think stat, w- the stat compiler has logged on <laughs> so creighton had 14 offensive rebounds how many of those 19 threes that he fired up do you think were like a ball is bouncing right to him or he's he's getting the pass off the offensive rebound like how many yeah. of those were fired in like quick succession on the same possession yeah yeah i I would imagine several. I by the time I got around to getting the game on, it was already so far out of reach. I didn't bother. Yeah. To, I didn't bother to tune in to see how wrong we were about. Though I guess I, I'd have to go back and listen. But I don't think we were like, "Oh, Nebraska's real good." We were just very interested in no. Nebraska, and then Nebraska was like, "Don't worry about us. You're, we're not. We're not interesting. You can if, move on." If we did say that, if we did say that, no, we didn't. <laughs> it's, they, uh, if we said it, we didn't mean it, and it was a lie, and, and now, it's your fault, actually. And now Nebraska's got to go to the barn. Oh God! And then Michigan State comes to town, and then they got to play Kansas State on the road. Holy shit, Look, guys! They're getting the reps in. Things are getting very real very quickly for Fred Hoiberg. If you've looked <laughs> at like the the schedules for like the league as a whole, like kind of a bang or two weeks coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um, we'll get to this in the noteworthy games segment, but um, Saturday is going to fucking cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomorrow's kind of a, a tasty or tomorrow being Tuesday, kind of a tasty little uh, treat too with Illinois and FAU and the Jimmy V and then the, the two league games coming up. Yeah, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan State. Yeah, that's usually a banger. Yeah, we can. You want uh, to talk Wisconsin? Yeah, um, this podcast isn't really equipped to talk about teams that are sort of actually performing well. But this past weekend, Wisconsin took down the then number three Golden Eagles of Marquette, so we should probably actually at least mention them at least. Um, Wisconsin is six and two with two wins over ranked teams, Marquette and Virginia. Should we take this instance of beating Marquette any more seriously than we took Purdue's? 
Man, I don't know about Marquette. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if maybe this is more of a judgment on Marquette than anything else. Like, Shock is getting a little sus up there. Like, I don't... Like... The allegations are piling up. That's kind of where we're at, right? Like, they're... I believe that they're good. They got to hit some shots, though. Like, every every game I've watched them, it's just... they, They love to shoot, but they don't go in. So... Where does that leave us? <laughs> also, uh, they have one big guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, kind of a weird I team. Def- yeah. I can see why you would I can see how you could talk yourself into them like getting hot at the right time. Uh, and but and that's I mean, not they do, right now. They 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 do have wins over Illinois and UCLA, which is a little less, but and Kansas all in a row right before that Purdue game. So like they do, they do have some quality wins, but yeah, I don't think they're necessarily bad, but like, I think they were what preseason, like top three. I mean, they yeah. were ranked number three when they played Wisconsin. Like if maybe, I remember right. maybe we're, we got a little out of our, our skis. I, you know, I, I've watched my fair share of ranked teams go into the Cole Center and just completely crumble. Um, I don't know what to make of this Wisconsin team. I don't really like any of the individual pieces. Um, no. I do like AJ Store. He's uh, kind of a nice, nice change of pace compared to what uh, you know your typical Wisconsin player um, on the wing is. Um, but like collectively, they're, they're kind of more than the sum of their parts, which I guess kind of is what Wisconsin usually is. But I, I, I just don't say, get how it game. how it works. Like they don't really they don't really shoot the ball well. They just kind of no. grind teams into submission, and like they they kind of saw the same thing. Like last year had a really impressive non conference slate, which included mm-hmm. a win over Marquette, but. Just like the individual pieces, like it's it's the same team as last year, except with with store in the mix and like a little bit more Stephen Crowell. Which who'd have thought that was the that was the answer? Yeah, what happened to to, to Connor Asijan? What what's going on there? Died on that tanker a while back. <laughs> Is he, is he filling out the papers to come to IU yet? Ooh. It's like he was like their number two option last year. Now he just doesn't play. He just doesn't play now. Because AJ stores like, the deal all there? of his minutes. But like, still, like, you can't find 20, 25 minutes a game for that kid? Max Klesman, I know he he balled out on Saturday, but he's not exactly lighting the world on fire. I don't know. Yeah, I, team. I I was watching. Um, I really only watched Wisconsin's two losses, and uh, have not paid attention to them since. Um, so my version is that, like, oh yeah, it's still, you know, that bullshit Percocet basketball, and uh, <laughs> I'm just not. I just ugh, and. I, I still 
I kind of refuse to I feel like Wisconsin does this a lot. They they spend the preseason exceeding expectation or preseason, you know, the non conference yeah. season. They're, de- exceeding, they're, just, they're December merchants. Exceeding expectations. Um they they play it they play a good style for the Big Ten, but I still just I mean Ken Palm's got him up to fifteenth. Like I there's more than fourteen teams in this country that are better than Wisconsin. Yeah. Like they're uh they're gaming the numbers again because they play like nine possessions a game. So yeah, it's a uh, fake basketball. Also, God, I watched a little bit of the Marquette game just enough to notice the bright orange basketballs they play with, and uh, got mad all over <laughs> again. <laughs> well, the get- good news for them is that they go on the road for games against Michigan State, and apparently they're going to Arizona for some reason. So. Yeah, that's enjoy the spot as the uh, the top team in the conference because I don't foresee that being the case at this time next week. Yeah, that's a, ooh, not a fun week to be the Badgers. They're going to be. I mean, I'm sure they were regardless, but you really need to get that Marquette win in your pocket before. Yeah, these two games, you're going to have to shoot with a real basketball, like in a real yeah. arena. That's going to be. It's going to be tough. Yeah, they've got they've got a decent little non-con resume though. They they played a tough schedule, picked up a, that Marquette win's going to be good at the end. Virginia win's going to be good at the end if they, you know, don't completely crap the bed in the Big Ten like they did last year. They'll be fine. Yeah, a lot of wins. another lot another of- deeply uh, deeply annoying Wisconsin team. The big I, I know we've I know like the entire like purpose of this podcast is is for what I'm about to say, but it does bear repeating how close these big 10 teams are bunched together. And that the difference between like, cause we had this last year, the difference between second and 10th place in this league, just, I don't know how many games it'll ultimately be, but from a talent level and ability level, it's just not, you're talking about razor thin margins. Yeah. Razor mm-hmm. thin. And and it's not because they're all good. Yeah, it's it, it, yeah. Let me be clear. There's just so much elite talent up and down. Just yeah. the deepest, strongest conference. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. At we all. are in the slop. Yeah, all the little piggies fighting over, fighting over some gruel. Well, congratulations, Wisconsin, for uh, actually moving up from the second best team in the conference last week. Um, usually that's not how that change occurs, but thank you. It's actually very frowned upon. Yeah. You're, you were supposed to lose. I don't know what you think you're doing. You're really, you're showing up the rest of the conference yeah, right now. Kind of harsh so, on the vibe. So, you know, we're going to need you to like lose to Arizona by 30 or something like that. If you could. Otherwise people impossible. might start getting expectations. We can't have that. Cannot have that running around. Um, any other teams we want to touch on briefly before we start talking about next week? Can we get to everybody who did something interesting. Ohio State got a little froggy with Minnesota last night. Ooh, yeah, they did kind but... of close that. They they closed that gap. It got down to single digits late. I was uh, watching the end of that before I fired up uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, always a strong play. I, you know, Dude, I just watched that for film. the first time. I just watched that for the first time last week, 
Really strong, the, really strong flick. Most underrated thing about the movie, the soundtrack, no skips. No skips. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's... I I think I would disagree with you. Not that the soundtrack lacks a skip. That I don't think that's the most underrated thing. I I I feel like we got to go with a specific line in line reading, which is early in the movie. Uh, Gonzo slash Dickens picks up Rizzo and uses him <laughs> to clean the window, and Rizzo the rat just goes, "Thank you for including me in this." <laughs> Or thank you for making me a part of this, or something like that. <laughs> so we were actually I, watching. I was. We were watching the movie as a group. Like it's it's something my friends and I do, where we watch the we watch a mm-hmm. film, um, and talk about it in a group chat because we're all scattered over the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I was like, that is a that's a perfect joke. Like it's that that's. I had to pause it. My girlfriend loves the movie and she wanted to watch it, and I had not seen it. But I'm always down for the Muppets, like who, oh, who yeah. doesn't like the Muppets um, Seriously, and we got to that scene and I just cracked up like I had to pause it and she was like okay so this is getting you huh yeah it's like yeah I'm in another great uh, we're gonna go through we're gonna go through the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol just shot for shot uh over the next hour and a half I think our listeners yeah. will love <laughs> I it think um, I think that's gonna be a lot more interesting than talking about Ohio State basketball so <laughs> But it is an equitable podcast, and Tom has got to say one of his favorite parts. Now I'm going to explain one of my favorite parts, and that also involves Gonzo and Rizzo when they're climbing Obviously. over they're climbing over a super high fence and making a big yeah. deal about it, and then Rizzo falls over the fence, realizes he forgot his snack, and then just walks under the same fence, grabs it, and comes back again. <laughs> Perfect joke. Yeah, it's- really well executed. Um, so yeah, uh, Rizzo the Rat, MVP of the Muppet Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Chris, do you have a favorite Muppet Christmas Carol scene you'd like to share? I do not. It has been well over a decade since I have watched that movie. All right. Well, then you're going to have to watch that this week, and then we're going to come back to this on our on the next podcast. And Emergency we're gonna need... podcast time. Yeah. We're yeah, talking we're about the Muppets. Fire up the Twitter space. <laughs> I'm sorry, little, the X, the everything app space. Do a little rewatchables action, maybe? Hell yeah. Is this Rizzo the Rat's Apex Mountain? <laughs> Which Muppet, Muppet got the Dion Waiters Award? <laughs> the, the ringer could never. The ringer could never. <laughs> yeah. I legitimately. Who else is do doing it now? in the space like us? I, like, I, you said that, and I'm like, oh, who is the Dion Waiters? It can't be Rizzo. He's got feed. too much. No, this. I was going to say, you have way too just, high usage rate. You have stumbled into like literally four hours of podcast content. Yeah. If we wanted, I to- almost, I almost just recalled another scene I liked. We've got to get out of Muppet <laughs> Christmas Carol and back to basketball because either we've either lost our entire audience or we've inform them that there's a more interesting podcast that they could be listening to about the Muppet Christmas Carol. And either way, we got to, we can't be yeah. ruining our own show here. I have state. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just really like the trio they have going with Thornton, Roddy Gale and Jamison battle. They just, they shoot the shit out of the ball and they're kind of lighting teams up right now. Yeah. It's been fun to watch. Minnesota, a little frisky though. A little frisky. Still lost though. That's still uh, lost. But yep. no, just like in, in in general, they're a little 
You think? Frisky. Maybe. I think they're bad, but like they they still. might they might Good enough like, that you don't want to go to the barn. They might yeah. inflict themselves upon some teams. Yeah. Like I think they they probably win more than two games, like they did last year in the Big Ten. I don't think huge. they will finish last in the Big Ten. Who do you think will finish last? I think that's a, I think that's maybe a hot take. You can't right say, make, you you can't say you want to get rid of it without offering an alternative. <laughs> I was going to say Penn State. Yeah, that's trendy that's... since they just you know lost to Bucknell. I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, the, <laughs> they're bad. Yeah, they're bad players. They're bad enough also, that I made fun of them in the intro and didn't even give them a segment. So, was watching uh, the end of um, Penn State Bucknell the other day as I was flipping channels. Old friend of the conference, Kudus Wahab, is back in the league after his second stint at Georgetown. Yeah, didn't we make a joke last year about I, him coming back? I believe we did. Oh so my he, god. Remember Kudus Wahab? Well, he's back in pog form. <laughs> this dude's like career history is incredible. 2020 at Georgetown. Sure. 2021 at Georgetown. 2022 at Maryland. Back to Georgetown. And now he ended up at Penn State. Like, never really been all that good at, at either of them. Gotta, gotta imagine com. he's going. No, he's going back to Georgetown next year. <laughs> if you keep transferring, they can't make you stop playing. That was right. oh, that was my theory on how I was never going to pay back my student loans. I was just always going to be in school. Like, yeah, that's what. Uh, speaking of guys that need to get a job from the Big Ten, uh, let's see how Seth Towns is doing this year. He is at Howard for some reason now and is I don't know that he has played. Nice. I am not seeing a uh, any entries in the box score for him. So Yeah, hey man, go get has a anybody, go get has a anybody job. Has anybody checked in on Andre Curbelo lately? No, I've been slacking on the Curbello watch. I'll, Cur- I'll pull Curbello it up. Watch. Curbello watch went dormant. Um, while you're pulling that up, um, let's start talking about the upcoming week. Um, so I've got a couple in the games on category. It's I, I have to say doling out these games to the different tiers. A little tough this time of year, but I think we can at least start a conversation with what we've got here. Um First of all, we have the aforementioned uh, Wisconsin at Michigan State. That's Tuesday at seven. Like, I feel like that ought to be at least a decent game. Too. That's that's like your classic Big Ten Tuesday night game, right? Oh yeah, that's that's the that's the soft hoodie in the closet. Like, yeah, that's, I'm gonna throw this on. Just have like always, a warm bowl of soup or chili. You're gonna settle in for the night to a little. Always, uh, it always fits. It always Little, hits. Yeah. Bobby Hummel in the Breslin Center. Yeah. Although I think both I think both the games uh, Tuesday night are on Peacock. So thanks, football. 
awesome. Yeah, Fuck you. I think one of them. I think did we got we got Jack Collinsworth, didn't we? Yeah, it's Jack Collinsworth and Bardo tonight yeah. on the IU Michigan game. He's he's really spreading. Good. He's yeah. He's metastasized to peacock. <laughs> My my peacock has a bardo. <laughs> it's very sick. Gonna turn on, gonna turn on CNN in a couple weeks, and Bardo's gonna be on there. Like, what is happening? Bardo's doing the the Steve Kornacki like uh, <laughs> election math thing. Here to comment on the unrest in the Middle East, Stephen Bardo. And I'm ending that joke right there. <laughs> yeah. We will we will not be building on that one. That's a riff that you keep in the DMs. Yeah. Yep. It, it's, the visual is funny, and now we're moving on. Michigan yeah. State at Nebraska, Sunday at yep. 6.30. Um, yeah, so that's the next chance for Nebraska ball to do either something cool or massively let us down. Um, so big week for Michigan State, I guess. We're going to be watching them a lot. Which is, um, which is interesting since they like basically haven't done anything for two weeks. They've they've got a weird. Like, they've I was been trying to, Yeah, they've just been hanging out. They've been they treading water, letting everybody else take all the attention, and uh, soon they'll strike. They played Georgia yeah, they, Southern it, on the. It's going to be. Yeah, they After killed that them. loss to Arizona on the 23rd. So basically, Wisconsin's going to be their second game in 12 days. Like, that's basically two bye weeks. Weird, yeah. weird schedule. So hopefully and you're... Wisconsin's uh, been sharpening the knives. So yes, it's uh, like, interesting. They've been getting their reps in. Yeah. Yeah, why is... What have you been doing, Michigan State? Just, like, chilling? I guess there's nothing wrong with that. They've been they've been training in the uh, hyperbolic time chamber. Nothing wrong with the little yeah. Well, they, they did they did travel for that that Arizona game, so I guess there's probably a bit of a what enough time to get one in over that week. That was why would why didn't they play? Right? No, it was a neutral no, in a uh, neutral um somewhere in California. My mm. my mom texted me about it the. Acrisure, the yeah. sponsor of the arena, is apparently the oh, that's State, right, Michigan State booster or something. It um, doesn't matter. It is weird so, that they have not played much recently. Acrisure Arena is in Palm Springs, California, and I clicked on the little thingy on KenPalm.com, which pops it open on Google Maps. Uh, this is grim. So this arena literally backs up onto I-10. Next to it is a sand dirt field of some kind um, that I'm assuming will be something else later. And then there's a golf course behind it. Nice. And Sounds on the like other side of I-10, on the other side of I-10, you have what appears to be some sort of uh, suburban. Oh, it's an RV resort that is on the intersection of Gerald Ford Drive and Frank Sinatra Drive. That classic intersection we all know and love. Hey, meet me at Sinatra and Ford, as they always say. Yeah. So anyway, um, those games will be on. 
They sure will. The Bardo Zone. Next up. Um, so first of all, I've got Penn State at Maryland here, Wednesday Ooh. at seven. Point. Get this away from me immediately. Counterpoint. Home Maryland. Penn State at home. Pretty good oh. opportunity opportunity for a get right game. Yeah. I was gonna say we're we're gonna see if how Maryland much loses Maryland this one. I think they them. should be relegated. Yeah, if <laughs> Maryland could... loses this game, they should legitimately be kicked out of the conference, like yeah. relegated. You, if you have any pride whatsoever, you're blowing their doors off in front of your fans. Uh, if it's anything less than that, then the 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 alarms will continue. And if they get beat, oh lord, do you? Quitsville yeah. FC. If. I, if guys might start transferring no. mid-season. Do yeah. you fire you do not fi- him? You do not fire Kevin Will- Willard if What's they lose to Penn State. On? What are you, well, you going to miss out on? Well, it's okay. well documented that you're not going to miss out on any recruits. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks. He's so bad at his job. That no, was heavenly. Babar, have any Maryland fans sent you pictures of your house yet? No, the Maryland fans don't exist. They're, it's not a, sorry, it's just not a real, not anything that I'm concerned about. Um, if you fired Willard, that that's a, that's awesome. Like, that's like, we're. It, it, it's extremely sick, but there's no, there's no he, chance. That's your program no chance. saying, that's your program saying he may not be taking this seriously, but we're taking this seriously. That's a good job. There's no reason to have a bad guy doing it. Yeah. You can't fire Mark Turgeon for this. I understand. Sure Listen, can. I, I understand Mar- I understand like Maryland fans' frustrations and just like exhaustion with Mark Turgeon's whole deal. But Congrats, you hired Mark Turgeon. You you blew the hire, and it, it's never been more obvious. Like it has all fallen apart so quickly. Um, like it very similar in my opinion to, to Archie, like it became obvious, like it became evident so quickly with him. That's like, doesn't have it. It's not going to happen. Then he pulled Romeo Langford directly out of his ass, uh, which bought him some time. But again, Kevin Willard, no recruits signed for next year. Really pushing all of his chips in the Derek Queen bucket, isn't he? I was gonna hope, say he might have to like offer him. Derek Queen. He might have to like offer Derek Queen his salary for a year or something like that. I just again not gonna tell Derek Queen how to live his life. I try not to get too caught up in high school recruiting because they're kids. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But if I were Derek Queen and I was down to I, Indiana and Maryland, brother, and I saw Khalil Ware play basketball. Against Julian Reese playing basketball. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> what yeah. a tough decision for my future. A post with dreams of the NBA. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. not to delve back into the Indiana minute, but I, I saw a tweet earlier today. I don't remember who it was. It might have been Crimson Quarry, but I might also be attributing a tweet to the wrong person. So sorry if I am, um, uh, feel free to, uh, s- complain in the DMS at Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> basically it was Cleo Ware's 
stat line averages from last year compared to this year, and it's just it, it, yeah. it's it's to the point where like not only do I feel like this is a if you are a post who wants to get better, you should play for Mike Woodson, but it's also if you're a post, you should probably not go to Oregon. <laughs> Gee, what happened? Because what like, the hell were they about doing? a team that sucks, even though they, you know, beat Michigan. God damn! Oh, that, he had that, motor that... issues. Did he? I don't. Did he? Yeah, don't is that know, what man. was going on? I don't. Are we sure Dana Alma's just not a giant dickhead? Yeah, I think yeah. maybe you. I think you guys probably need to bear a little bit more of maybe, this than you. Maybe than Dana Alman has motor issues. <laughs> I was seven like, foot what are one we doing absolute freak in the post and I just can't figure out how to use it. Like I Most know some of that is like I know some of that's just gonna be experience, but he's averaging like twelve more points a game or some shit. Like it's hilarious. It's wild. It's, it's just wild. like a, just like a free great player. Like it's Yeah. Anyway, don't mind was, if I do. Anyway, that was the Indiana Minute Part 2, presented once again by Maryland. Um, So, further Bardo Zone, Nebraska at Minnesota, Wednesday at 9. I I know, Chris, you were just saying you think there might be something to Minnesota. I'm not not ready, but... (laughs) I'm not ready to believe. (laughs) Maybe? I'm just not ready for this type of commitment yet. Yeah. I'd rather play the field, honestly. I told you when we started this what I wanted. I'm interested in watching it. I'm I'm interested in watching it insofar as it's another. It's a Nebraska has to regroup after what happened against Creighton. Yeah, Uh, this is maybe the toughest way to try to do that is to go play at this notoriously tricky uh, arena that everyone hates playing at for good reason, where wackadoodle stuff happens to better teams than Nebraska. So an interesting spot for them to try to get get themselves back off the mat. Uh, so I'm interested in – so I, it's one of those things where I end up watching a lot of Minnesota basketball because I'm interested to see how various teams do at Minnesota. I don't really care about Minnesota. Nothing they do in the barn interests me because I just I just write it all off. It's like, oh, it's just the barn. Like it has nothing to do with – it is – I guess in that way it's like the greatest arena in – College basketball. There's no other arena that occupies that much space in my head as the barn does. You just like I, I just really, really enjoy watching how different teams and coaches approach the Kobayashi Maru. <laughs> to your like own I, personal theater of dreams. Yeah, like are like are there there's obviously plenty of tough places to play in the Big Ten, but the barn is yeah, the only one that like... I think has legitimate magical powers. The barn is weird because I feel the barn is weird because I feel like there are places in the big 10, like a lot of places in the big 10 that are hard to play because of the student sections. And like, I I don't mean to denigrate the Minnesota student section or maybe I do, I guess I don't really care one way or the other, but it's not really that it's just the, like the form of the arena that just makes everything weird and gross. And it's very strange. But yeah, just, I, I don't want to watch that game. You guys should let me know if anything cool happens, I guess. Um, then on Saturday at six, still in the Bardo zone, I've got Ohio State at Penn State. 
Um, not necessarily because of those teams, although because of Penn State, for sure, partially. But that same day, we're going to have, before this game, Illinois-Tennessee, Alabama-Purdue, Auburn-IU, and Wisconsin-Arizona. I feel like you're going to want to watch those games. Yeah, and I after will you watch all that. that. Like, be a family man. <laughs> like, spend some time with your children. Look outside. Observe a tree. Like, I you don't need box- to watch this one, too. I will be box score checking that one for sure. Yeah. That is just nothing that I need to concern myself with. There's too many other games on. Yeah. Like, the rest of that day is going to rip ass like it's gonna be great that's not the right phrase is it no it's not (laughs) (laughs) these games gonna be farting for real (laughs) i guess i guess guess this one's the one that's gonna be ripping ass whatever fuck man (laughs) it's been a long day (laughs) these games be farting (laughs) You guys, you guys want to get back to Muppet Christmas Carol? <laughs> we should oh, just... no, my finger is slowly slipping towards the stop button. I was about to say, just kill the episode right here. All right, I gotta. These I, games I... be farting. <laughs> um. So, yeah, really good. Um. The Jeff Goodman Axis Merchant Games of the Week. Um, I have nominated Indiana at Michigan Tuesday at 9 and Michigan at Iowa a Sunday at 4.30. I know there may be some disagreement from certain segments here, but Michigan has entered the prove it to me that you are worth my time zone. Um, that said, these are a couple matchups with cachet, so I feel like this is kind of a great Axis Merchant spot for Michigan. Like... Indiana and Michigan. I mean, that's 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 the reason we designed the category, right? Like, right. I think that might have been the first Jeff Goodman Access Merchant game of the week. This game is taking place in February. That's the Sunday uh, matinee on CBS. Yeah. If these, if even just one of these guys were good enough to get a little number next to their name, this the entire narrative around this game changes. But hilariously enough, they they both suck. So relative to expectation. And, yeah. uh, but again, kind of two teams with the same though, again, and I, I, I talked about this, uh, I think I talked about this a couple of episodes ago, but, but it bears repeating, like Indiana does not have a bad loss. And I think in, in a sport that is increasingly obsessed, a lot of with, bad losses out there. Yeah. In a sport that is increasingly obsessed with analytics and metrics and, and, and all this, and I'm not saying any of that stuff is bad. When the committee is evaluating who gets in and who doesn't, they are looking at your wins and your losses. And for example, Kentucky lost to UNC Wilmington. Michigan lost to Long Beach State. They got to wear that on their neck all year. And it will and it will be talked about on Selection Sunday. Indiana has yet to do anything that is going to be talked about negatively on Selection Sunday. They've obviously got a ton more winning to do but they have like the, there's a big difference between losing to army and barely beating army and it is a mm-hmm. huge difference so yeah. It, yeah i saw some people um the the net came out today of the first iteration of the ncaa's rankings and oh yeah De- the, the, the first edition is always, always just a complete yeah. a complete like 
Always nightmare. A it makes for some some awful like graphics. A like, oh, India is one hundred seventy seventh in the net. It's like, okay, cool. Make us yeah, like four hundredth. I don't like. What a great use of everyone's time. Here's the net. We came yeah. up with this metric that says it's Sam Houston State's the best team in the country. Sounds great, guys. You nailed it. Awesome. Congrats. Really good job on your metric. But what if Stephen F. Austin was the best team in the country? You ever think of that? Check What's... me, atheists. Mm. Yeah, Babar, to your point, like, yeah, Indiana looks like shit in the metrics because they've won a bunch of close games against bad teams when that the metrics yeah. very clearly favor like scoring margin and, and things like that. Yeah. Which, oh, yeah. If you just again, beat the shit out of a bunch of bad teams, you're going to be number one in the net. Like, yeah. Like there, there is some merit to like over the course of the season. Hey, if you're just getting by strictly off of winning a bunch of close games, yeah, you're probably not super great, but you still won you know, those games. Like that's still like, won those games. Like, and you and know, I feel nobody's, like nobody's sitting here saying Indiana is a super great team. It, you don't mm-hmm. have to be a super yeah. great team to make the tournament. They let fucking 70 teams in. Yeah. I feel like we're kind of brushing up against and the you debate. You have now, to get to that number somehow. That's now raging in college football. But like the game, like we all love looking at the little numbers and the ratings. We like seeing our team go up and beating our projection and beating the spread. But ultimately like the, the games matter. Like you, like, Beating Army, which is a topic I keep getting, the example here is so wholly and functionally different than losing to Army. Like, mm-hmm. that people get so tied up in an- analyzing games based on margin of victory, which again is important to tell how good a team is, but how worthy a team is to get into the field is going to come down to how many games you won versus how many games you've lost. And and at that point, the analytics just become like a sorting tool to help you exactly. determine yeah. kind of how much emphasis to place on each one of those mm-hmm. individual wins. But you still have to, like you said, win the games. Yeah, yeah like it's so, this isn't fantasy football where you can sit there and say, oh, well, I'm fourth in points for and first in points against. doesn't matter that I'm in eighth place. My team's actually good. Um, definitely not speaking from experience on that. Um, like you actually – you actually play those teams like you play defense you affect their scoring margin like that's i love that what's the one gotta it was, win it was, games it was pervasive last year it was like shot quality score or something like that where it was like yeah. based on the quality of the shots their score should have been this and it always take like every like anytime you got beat by like 12 points you post like well actually shot quality said we should have yeah. won by 15 and i just immediately turn into billy bean and Moneyball. And just be like, well, if you're supposed to win, why didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Like, it is. We, we, it is, we actually played the game and uh, yeah. you lost. So, it is like, super I'm, important. I'm sure to over, know. yeah, like 10,000 simulations, you probably win that a majority of the yeah. times. But in this one, you didn't. And this is the one that matters. So, tough shit. Yeah. It is super got- important to note that, like, I do, like, the stats are cool to look at and stuff. But mm-hmm. you can simultaneously hold that idea in your mind and also the like turbo chud like actually numbers are for nerds. Yeah. It's time <laughs> like, to it's time to bring back real hoop. Out like, the rings. The the thing is that the game is on and I watched it and I mm-hmm. saw the little numbers next to the team's names at the end of the game and like one of them what? was higher, so 
it's it's the meme of the two guys sitting on the bus. One guy's looking depressed, looking out the windows. The advanced stat nerd, then the other guys beaming ear to ear with shit eating green. The the that boy nice watcher, like yep, yeah, layup machine go burr. Yeah, <laughs> a good shot is one that goes in, and a bad shot is one that does not. That's, that's so true. Although it is important to note that making shots is actually bad. So, oh yeah. man. Talk about That's talk a, about a, a treasure trove of podcast content. Yeah. Um let's say we uh get into a little Chris Kramer award action real quick. Ooh. Um we got, we got a five some? Yeah, we got a five star rating from Sentient Blog Crimson Quarry. Which um, I think to this point of, is one of only a couple team specific outlets that's given us any pub whatsoever. So thanks CQ for that. Um, anyway, I can't remember. I, I don't did not have the uh, spreadsheet handy, so I couldn't remember if we uh, did this player already or not. It feels like we probably did, but they asked for a Matt Harms rant, and I'm pretty sure we oh can handle God. that even if we've done oh. it before. This guy. Whatever happened to him? We've had this exact conversation on the Died podcast on that tanker before. a few years back. <laughs> it's really some of the most fucked vibes to ever come through the conference. Yeah. yeah. Really, really rough stuff. Really didn't like looking at him um, or really being around his aura. Yeah. Uh, a truly troubling visage. It's so funny that he ultimately ended up at BYU. Like that was he—he he just looks like a BYU guy, and it's kind of criminal it took him as long as it did to get there. Yeah, which is which is very weird because he was—he was like actually Dutch, right? Yeah, like he was like yeah. from the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, it's he's in the Bundesliga now. Really? Who's he playing he for? Skyliners Frankfurt. Oh, I was hoping Good. it was going to be one of the ones I've heard of. Like, I was hoping it was like playing for like Bayer Leverkusen or something like that. They're kind of a wagon, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> sure. They had to pull up the. I was Bund- I, I don't. Know, I don't actually know that. Yes. Yeah, so tune into my uh, my spinoff podcast, uh, Games On, but in uh, German. But in 5,000-seat arenas in Frankfurt, Germany. <laughs> oh, my God. That's real hoop. What was, what, was the, what was the Greg Doyle column that he wrote about Harms? Was it getting mad that the IE student section was chanting fuck you at him <laughs> for yeah. like an entire game? Yeah. It's like... Hold on, man. You've got this uh, great story, except you got it completely wrong. That was awesome. That was yeah. Just, just again, spiritually the same as uh, Northwestern chaining "fuck you, Miller" at Miller Cop for an entire yeah. game. Like all this stuff is awesome. That's like this is college basketball, guys. Come on, it's great. Would, would either of you guys like to know how you say the game is on, dude, in German? Of course, I would. Yes. According to Google Translate, um, thank you, Google Translate. Um, I'm going to give this a try. Um, I don't speak German, so if you do, I apologize in advance. But 
Das Spiel läuft Alter. I love it. So there we go. That's kind of it. Kind of rolls off the tongue, as most German phrases very much don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I I looked it up, and I was glad to see that uh, all the words had uh, single digit syllables. Yeah, we're so up. Yeah. All right. Anything else on Matt Harms? Like, I don't know how much we actually talked about Matt Harms in our Matt Harms rant. It was mostly <laughs> uh, discussing European basketball, um, but you know. No, but I, I'm his, pretty sure we've had him before. In honor of Matt Harms, I have fixed my hair 33 times since we started yeah. talking about it. <laughs> 34. God, what a deeply annoying basketball player. Yeah. yeah. Also, who wasn't like good. Like, no, I, like he. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of the original, like he's just big guy. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he was tall, but he was also like two hundred ten pounds. Yeah, he was he was rail and like thin. ran weird. He kind of yeah, got had... sold as a three level scorer, which was extremely not yeah. true. Um, wasn't I, very I definitely remember that. Yeah, wasn't physical at all. Actually, when you when you go back and look at it, like a real departure from what Painter normally looks for in a big. Yeah. Uh, and I think pretty shitty rebounder. If I like, he could he could protect. He was a good shot blocker because he like had like a little bit of like lateral quickness and like anything that know, didn't being, involve being him having, seven foot three. Yeah, for, like because he he would much rather go for a block shot than actually like bang down low and play defense. Yeah. like that's he was extremely well, not about that. Well, yeah, because he was built like an Evangelion, mm-hmm. which is I mean, it's that, funny that he like went to the Big Ten of all places. Like yeah. I get like the Purdue you know, lab theory or anything, but like, Hey, maybe go play in a league that, um, doesn't just beat the shit out of its bigs on a night to night basis. I really wonder if that might've just been a symptom of not having watched a ton of big 10 basketball, not (laughs) being American. Like, I mean, I seriously doubt that Dutch youths are like turning the game on, you know, like if they're going to watch college basketball, they're going to watch the good teams, not this shit. So like, I kind of wonder if he, if he were, if that same guy with that same body and that same skill set is from Maine instead of the Netherlands, he probably says, no, I'm not going to go get my ass kicked in the coal center every other year. Pass. I'm going to Kansas. But it, and then he but it still all, transfers to BYU because like, he's not that you, good. But once you realize that he had no interest in like actually doing the things that like Big Ten bigs need to do, it's no surprise that he like started to lose his playing time to Travion Williams, an actual yeah. good big. Um, like for my yeah. money, legitimately one of the best players to suit it up for uh, Purdue. I, I, lo- I that, loved that Travion. dude. Rocked. <laughs> uh, yeah. Best passer to play for Purdue since ever. I... <laughs> what if I just launch that take and just see what what do Purdue fans think of it? Travion Williams, just, best just passer in Purdue there. history. Just lob it out there. Hell, not not a month ago, I was on here saying Michigan's the second best team in the Big Ten. So you can say anything on the internet. It's true. I'm a white man with a microphone. I can do that. <laughs> people stop will listen. People are going to listen to what I have to say. Now, back to the Muppet Christmas Carol. 
All right, on that so, note. So thanks so much for listening. Um, if you're interested, feel free to check us out on X, the everything app presented by Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> I'm Tommy underscore crimes. Babar is at Babar ESQ and Chris is at Chris Shooty three. Um, and our podcast account is at games on pod. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, you want to send us a picture of your five-star rating along with the name of a Wisconsin basketball player you'd like us to make fun of, uh, gamesonpod at gmail.com works. Um, and our intro and outro music is Sports FM by Shane Ivers, courtesy of silvermansound.com. And I got to say, like, I haven't really mention this in a bit i i listen to every episode of this is sort of a quality control thing just to kind of make sure that like things sound okay or at least as okay as they're going to um that song it's a banger man <laughs> that song goes gets the people going it's no pearl jam no but <laughs> look if anyone wants us wants to send us a large sum of money for us to pay for the rights to any type of cool music. Um, Venmo and bio. Yeah. yeah. If, if you have a band that's written a cool song, that would be good bumper music for a niche college basketball podcast. Then by all means, let us know. But if give us a thousand dollars. Yes. Give us a thousand dollars. Give um, us money. You listen it's, to this it's, podcast. It's Christmas. Give us money. That's actually so true. I have dogs to provide for, man. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta buy presents for my kids. Give us money. Yeah, you think we're doing this for free? No, we're trying we to sell actually, out. We should actually make a Venmo account. I wonder if Games <laughs> on Pod is taken on Venmo yet. Time to launder some money. If you literally Venmo and bio. If you send if you send one dollar to this podcast, the government should take control of your bank accounts. <laughs> <laughs> that is they're, they're setting the world record for fastest door getting kicked down. We, we, we are under conservatory. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. You just gave these guys money. You obviously <laughs> cannot be trusted. You just got bullied into giving a podcast money. Like they're not even in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> you could just turn it off. We're also taking your driver's license. <laughs> How is cyberbullying real? Just turn it off. <laughs> All right. I'm cutting this. Yeah. Uh, Thank you again for listening to this nightmare. Uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Peace out.